Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So stay with us as right now we present. Have you ever thought about, I don't know, walking on a pilgrimage of going 500 miles? Um, I have thought about that and no, I'm not going to do that. But mm -hmm. our guest today has... Um, Kathleen Donovan Israel is with us. She's written the book, Wisdom on the Camino, um, a uh, spiritual journey sharing forgiveness and possibilities to inspire the rest of your life. It came out in 2021, and it's been doing very well. It, it's been a bestseller in three different categories, and uh, and Kathleen is with us right now. And, uh, um, and by the way, in case... You're listening to this at a later date. This is Good Friday, uh, 2022, or yeah, 2022 and uh, 2023. Goodness mm -hmm. gracious. You're as bad as me. Boy, okay. <laughs> like, and, uh, you know, it's just a, one of those dates. And, and so if you, so Kathleen is taking her time away from her Bible to talk to us. And I'm very grateful for that. Kathleen, how are you today? Oh, I'm very fine. Thank you. I'm happy to be here, Kevin. Well, I'm happy to have you here. It's 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 not very often that somebody who's been on the planet um, as long as you and I have uh, to embark upon a um, a lifetime journey uh, that uh, and then wrote a book about it. And uh, I think it's great that that you've done what you're doing. And you and I just found out that you've got another book coming. Right. <laughs> if I can get my way through it, the first book was such a joy to write and i'm like having difficulty with this second one um anyway <laughs> well you'll get it together you'll you'll mm -hmm. figure it out and and it'll it'll be uh, a bestseller as well i'm sure so it's so. so let's talk about the uh camino what is for those of you who and those those of us who may not have any idea what that 500 mile walk is describe it for us what is it about um, it's a pilgrimage. It started in the 1200s, um, actually in the nine to 900s. Um, the, um, uh, the Spanish were trying to get the Moors out of Spain and uh, St. James appeared and helped them get the Moors out of Spain. And they, um, and Anyway, it worked. And so everybody really liked St. James after that. <laughs> and so um, they found his grave. He was, it, it is like the St. James, which was the apostle of Jesus, actually. He had mm -hmm. gone after Jesus died. He had gone to the Iberian Peninsula to tell people about Jesus. And he didn't do very well. People weren't very accepting. So he went back to Jerusalem and he got martyred and... And then um, the angels brought the angels. I'm sure it was people with the angels' help brought him back to Spain and buried him there. And um, so that's why his grave is there. And so they um, they started having pilgrimages to his grave, and then they built the giant cathedral around his grave. And you can like go in there, and you know they have a statue. You can kiss the statue if you want to. Uh, anyway, uh, the pilgrimage that I went on the first time was from Saint-Jean-Pied-de-Port um, in France over the Pyrenees and then 
on to Santiago, Spain, um, almost 500 miles. I, I wanted to ask you, because I, I'm not familiar with this part of the story, um, uh, what was James, and he became, of course, St. James, uh, yeah. what was he martyred for? Oh, I don't know, probably just liking Jesus. Oh. You know, that's what they used to do back then. It was entertainment, actually, for gosh sakes. Um, but, um, yeah, people who liked Jesus, I mean, they killed Jesus, right, because they were trying to get rid rid of um, that idea for the people. And then here comes the apostles and they, you know, they got martyred too. Now, do we know, was he killed by the, the Romans at the time or? I don't know. I, you know, that wasn't part of the story that I read. Oh, okay. So I, I really don't know. Um, well, it was, you know, it was a brand new religion at the time. It was, talking about a guy that had been crucified as a criminal and, right. and to uphold him as a, um, as a son of God would have been for a lot of people at that time, blasphemy for the Jews, for Jews. I'm, I'm sure the, the Romans, uh, well, of course they were quite imperialist, so they didn't like anybody else saying they were a King, uh, either. I mean, they, they had that, but, um, I think the, the Jews, um, they were not accepting of the, you know, of that. Um, a lot, a lot of the prophets in the past. I mean, they were like killed for telling people what God told them to tell them, you know. And um, and so it it's just historical that they would do that. Which um, I'm glad they don't do that today. Not too often, but, you know, there's stuff going on in the world that is killing, and it's just wrong. It would be really nice if we wouldn't, uh, if we wouldn't do that anymore to each other. That's, and that's one of the things that we talk about um, on Positive Talk Radio is that we all need to get along and work together. Uh, by the way, just, just so everybody knows, if you, because I'm looking it up on Google, um, St. James died in 44 CE of the Common Era, um, July 25th, and is... Wow, they keep and, records. Oh, yes. Well, he his, his uh, death was the only apostle whose martyrdom is recorded in the New Testament, Acts 12, 2. Um, oh, wow. And um, St. Peter is a member... Did they stone oh, him or something? Nah, he 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 lost his head. Oh, he lost his head. Oh God, King Herod, mm. King Herod Agrippa of of Judea, according according to Spanish tradition. Mm. Uh, then then his body was taken to Santiago de Compostela. Com yep, that's it. <laughs> yeah, so you know Santiago Saint is Saint James. That's that's the name of. Iago is a form of James in Spanish. Oh, I had no idea. I don't speak Spanish, sadly. Yeah, so I, I live in San Diego. So Diego is a form of James also, but Iago is a form of James also. So I got to ask you, what was your... Now, I know that you were a caretaker for your husband for many years. 
yeah, before caregiver. he messed with the caregiver. <laughs> yeah. Is that that's not what I said? What did I say? You said caretaker. I I wasn't oh, taking it all. I was giving the whole time. Yes, you were. <laughs> you were, and he had I, Parkinson's. Yes, poor guy. He was an athlete, and he got Parkinson's disease. Oh my God. Oh, that's a that's a horrible, that's a yeah. horrible part of life. I'm afraid. But but you took care of him for a long time, and and uh, when he passed away, um, then you decided to go on this trip right away, or was it a little while? Yeah, well, um, he died in 2018, but in 2013, my girlfriend walked the Camino, and she, you know, shared it on Facebook. And when I saw that, I thought, oh, that's what I'm going to do when Ron is done with his illness. I'm going to walk the Camino. So my dream, my dream of what Ron and I would do in our old age was sort of dashed. And uh, I thought he was an athlete. I thought we would be riding our bicycles across France or something. And, um, you know, when he got sick, it was like, okay, well, that's not what's going to happen here. And so I had to make another dream for myself. That is so hard for especially an athlete who has had a strong body his whole life and then to have that disease and, and to slowly fade away. Yeah. Well, yeah. It was quite slow actually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I know he's in a better place today. Yeah. And, you know, so, and in 30 or 40 years, you're going to get to join him. Yeah. That's what my, um, my nephew said. Okay. Aunt Kathy, no death, no dying for at least 10 years. So I think I'll maybe double that or well, you, how old were you when when you went on the? Um, it wasn't that long ago. So yeah, when you, when you went I on was sixty nine when I started walking. I had my seventieth birthday on the Camino. That is nothing short of amazing. <laughs> uh, now, did you go on this trip alone, or did you have people with you? I went alone. Um, of course, I have my guardian angels that went with me, so I wasn't afraid. A lot of people go alone, and I had read quite a bit, read quite extensively about it, and seemed like a lot of people go alone. Actually, if you are going to walk that far, either if you go some with someone, they're either going to have to walk slow for you, or you're going to have to walk slow for them, you know, sure. it, because... Nobody walks the same amount of fast. And so you might as well go alone and then you just meet people along the way. That's pretty cool. Did you, can you describe some of the people that you met? And I know they're <laughs> in the book, but uh, yeah. uh, what's your favorite story of somebody that you met along the way? Oh, well, I, um, it was um, the first, uh, like the first night I, I stayed at uh, the Bilari in, um, in Saint Jean, but the second night it was snowing on the Pyrenees. So we had to walk around the Pyrenees, which was quite hilly also. And I stayed at uh, Val Carlos. And then when I went in um, to this albergue, uh, this guy uh, looked at me and he said, oh, I have a new friend here and he is so sad. So I went over and sat next to him and I said, why are you so sad? And he told me that three of his friends had died in rapid succession. Uh, and he just felt like he couldn't do his life anymore. He was so sad. And so, well, I, I said, well, I just, I know what you're talking about. My 
uh, husband died in August and my mother died in December. And so I think we have something in common. And he, he was just like, oh, I'm so sorry. And he was all over how sorry he was about my loss. And so it was, that's kind of like how you meet people on the Camino is you share why you're there. And um, a lot of times people have a brokenness in their life and they will go to the Camino just to do a walking 500 mile walking meditation so that, you know, they can maybe put themselves back together and um, have some experiences. Well, I got to ask you, did you plan how many miles you're going to walk a day and what, uh, um, and you used the term for where you could stay at night. What do you call that? Yeah. Again? The albergue, albergues. Um, yeah, they're, um, they have albergues all along the way and, um, uh, they, there's, there's a lot of them and it's actually a large part of the economy in Northern Spain. But um, like, it's very cheap to stay there, but still they make some money doing that. Um, and uh, so it's just a, a big room with uh, some bunk bed, a lot of bunk beds and a bathroom and a kitchen. And like, if there is a, um, if there's a grocery store in town, then there's a kitchen usually to, and with, you know, pots and pans and everything to make your food. And then um, sometimes they'll have a restaurant in town that will be have a pilgrim menu and it's about 11 euros. So that's really cheap. And and then um, if there's no restaurant or any grocery store in town, then the albergue will provide the food and you just pay them some extra to, you know, go there. But I um, I used to walk with my friend down at the bay here in San Diego I'd walk five miles three days a week um, with my friend Severa. And uh, so I just thought, well, five miles doesn't even make me sweat. I can walk five miles. So I figure I'll just walk five miles before lunch and five miles after lunch and I can do this. So um, that's what I... That's, that's, has, has anybody like your friends and family, have they, have they looked at you and said... Boy, Kathleen, that took a lot of guts. And are you nuts? Well, my family was very supportive. I actually have a niece who has walked the Appalachian Trail and the Pacific Rim Trail or Pacific Coast Trail um, all by herself. Well, I think maybe she met some people along the way. Um, so they were very supportive of me. I think my, my family... Um, they were just happy that I wanted to do something, you yeah. know, and they, they didn't think I couldn't do it. You know, they, they, they were like, okay, mom, good. You know, my daughter made a WhatsApp. She called it mom's walkabout check-in. And so I would, you know, go in there and check in with them every day or maybe not every day. And every once in a while it would be like, okay, mom, where are you? What are you doing? You know? And then I, oh yeah, I would got busy. I, I didn't um, check in, but. I think yeah. that's wonderful that, that your family cared enough to do that and to make sure that even, even though they weren't with you, they were with you and uh, yeah. they made sure that, that um, you were in communication so that, um, you know, my kids do that to me today. 
it's mm-hmm. it's like if I don't hear from you, Dad, you're gonna we're gonna call you know like the cavalry and they're gonna come break down the door of your house to see if you're okay. Right. So, right. It's nice to have a family like that. Mm-hmm. So what? When you decided, is was this something that prior to your husband passing, was this something that you and he were going to do together? Or is this, no. did this kind of just, how did you discover it? How did you decide that this is what you wanted to do? Well, you know, there's that movie, uh, The Way. And of course I saw that, uh, but I had forgotten about it. And then when my friend Judy walked the Camino, um she shared about it on Facebook and even though she had blisters and bloody feet and uh, she showed us pictures of her poor bloody feet. um, She, uh, I just recognized she was doing something very special for herself. And I thought I'm going to do that too. That's what I'm going to do. Did you consider that while you were doing it and you were walking alone and in kind of a meditative state did you consider that a very spiritual experience? Absolutely. And, you know, I'm an artist also. And so, gee, the art on the Camino, you know, you go into these little chapels and they've got these this beautiful artwork. And, um, oh, my gosh, it just, you know, some of it would just make you cry. It's so beautiful. And it was very interesting. They had, um, like, you could tell the really ancient, ancient statues of Mary holding the baby Jesus because they were like, took a tree trunk, you know, it was like, they didn't, it was very um, big, you know, they didn't (laughs) dig out too much when they carved it. (laughs) And so um, when you saw something like that, you knew it was like from the 1200s, you know. Way back when, because they didn't have all the equipment that they have now to to yeah. um, make it smaller and all that kind of thing. But, you know, <clears throat> it's interesting because I, I live in the United States. You live in San Diego. I live in Seattle. Mm. And we're new. Uh, now, not San Diego because you've got older buildings there because of right. when the Spanish were there. Uh, in, in my area, everything is new. I can't imagine go walking into a building that was built in the 1200s. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Um um, in Pomferrada, I went into, they have a castle there from way back when, and it was really amazing. The, the thing is that um, a lot of um, the, the buildings that have stayed are buildings that have been renovated, you know. Right. And also, what was really cool about one, just walking along through neighborhoods, you would see a wall of a building and it was obviously very old. The bricks were not lined up and, you know, it was very old. And then built right onto that was a modern building with straight bricks and, you know, so they didn't throw away their old stuff. They um, just added onto it and it was really amazing. I thought it was amazing. Well, every, every person, every, every building, has its own story mm-hmm. and and so you you don't want to destroy the um the the stories of people and some of these people go back a long 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 way um so and it took you so how long did it take you to do the entire camino um it was <clears throat> i was on the 
the Camino Francais, I was on there for 66 days. Now, nobody takes that long, but I took Holy Week off. That was the most amazing experience in my life, I think. Um, those Spanish people know how to do the Passion of Christ, you know. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then, uh, <laughs> yeah, I took Holy Week off and I got sick a, a few times. I, you know, I had been taking care of my husband, so my health was not really that good. When you take care of somebody who is dying for as long as I did, you're actually walking into death with them. You, you bet. Know? You bet. Well, you and, can't, you can't do things like you would normally do them. If, if he was as an example, being a former athlete and he was healthy right. and you guys would be riding bikes or you'd be doing other things, but if he can't do it and you take care of him, then you can't do it either. Right. And, um, I was very fortunate. Um, the, here in San Diego, we have the Southern caregivers and, um, they actually, um, <clears throat> sent Ron to a nursing home for two days every year and let me go take a vacation for two days. <laughs> so that was really very nice. That was very restorative. And, um, Actually, Ron was, Ron had his brains about him the whole time. I mean, the doctor told me because he is, um, you know, debil he can't move, uh, that I couldn't leave him ever. I, I had to have somebody with him. Oh, wow. uh, well, they said, what they said was he has to be able to get out of the house, you know, it's dangerous to leave him in here. There was a fire or something. And so I, um, he was, you know, it was amazing. He actually set himself up to be disabled before he was totally disabled. He put his chair right here. The TV was right here. The bathroom was right there, you know, and he, he had it all lined up so that he could be an invalid and he did it himself. And then, uh, so what I did was I had a door put in the bedroom and a deck put out there so he could actually get out. He could pull himself out if he needed to. And and I put a, um, you know, one of those bicycle-y things, bicycle exercise thing yeah. out there. And so I used to help him go out there and he could ride his bicycle out in the sun. Um, so... Um, it's, it sounds like even though it was a debilitating disease and it, it takes no prisoners, that he did okay. Yeah, you know what? He was a happy man. Can you imagine being a caregiver to a happy man? That, that <laughs> well, was... I, hope, I hope somebody gets a chance to find out for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some people get mean, but uh, he did not. He was a happy man uh, when he you know, was ill. And even like just a few weeks before he died, uh, U USD sent him a survey about um, happiness survey, I guess it was. And he, he told me, I mean, he didn't, he couldn't talk, but he, he indicated that he wanted to fill it out. He didn't want me to fill it out. So he filled it out and I read it before he wanted me to send it in and it, all the things, happy, 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 happy. So he was a happy man. 
Well, that's that. That's really good. And and the reason he was partially was that he was being well cared for. And you yeah, he loved being me. waited on hand and foot by me. <laughs> he I loved can, that. I can only I can only imagine. <laughs> I was his wealth, you know. Yes, indeed. And so after he passes, and um, then then you go on the trip, and it takes sixty six days to get. Right to go 500 miles which is not inconsequential by the way that's a long well, if way. you you know if you if you add it up if you're going to go 500 miles you're going to walk 10 miles a day it's going to take you 50 days right but then you know i took holy week off and then i um and, and really yeah and and really after a while i um noticed that i walked the whole 10 miles before lunch. And then I thought, Oh, I guess I'm getting buff just walking here, you know? <laughs> and so I had to start walking further. And so, you know, that was good. Yeah. Now I'm looking at the uh, cover of your book, by the way, which is really, really cool. And you, you are walking with a backpack. How much right. did that backpack weigh? Uh, probably about, uh, um, I, you know what? I don't even know. Probably like 10 pounds or something. I mean, I, I get confused. I think it was 10 kilo, ki, kilos. Yeah. That's what it was. Kilos. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Me kilos, too. It's three fifths or something, but anyway, I think like 15 or 20, that'd be 15 or 20 pounds. Mm -hmm. Um, and then that just had clothes and stuff in it. Yeah, I um I probably took some stuff I shouldn't have taken. Uh and actually when I got to a store guy I sent home a kilo and a half of stuff that I thought, yeah, I really didn't need that. But um yeah, I had everything all, you know, I, I had my clothes. Uh so I had the clothes I had on, and then I had two sets of clothes. And I I actually what I did was I put I laid out my shirt, I laid out my pants. I laid out my, you know, underwear, socks, everything, and then I rolled them up, and then I put them in a bag, and then I had another roll of what I was going to wear, uh, and I put that in the bag too, and so that was my clothes, and I had my toiletries, which I actually got my hair cut short so I could just take a little comb, so I didn't need a brush. I took one bar of soap so that I could wash my teeth, my hair, my clothes, and take a shower with it. And um, so, I, you know, there's a science to not taking a bunch of stuff. And yeah, there uh, is. Mm -hmm. There, there is. I, I, I gotta tell you, I'm sitting here. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, if you're just tuning into this, she was 69 years old when when she did this. She turned 70 on the trip, and that that is remarkable that uh, mm -hmm. that someone can do that. And then you did it again. Yeah. Right. And that's what the second book is going to be about. Yeah, from Lisbon. I, I, my, my book is Wisdom on the Camino. So I think the next book has to be the Wisdom on the Camino Portuguese, I guess, um, because I don't want to have two websites. <laughs> no, no. Well, you can you can do it and and put both books on the same website uh, yeah. if there is, you know. And I love uh, the title, and I was going to ask you about it, so I'll ask you now. Um, it's wisdom on the Camino. What wisdom did you learn while you were on the trip? So that's not really what this is about, actually. 
Um, while Ron was ill, I, I, I had kind of a rough childhood and I had some PTSD and I had some, you know, real sadness uh, that I needed to heal. So while I had to be home, right, with Ron. And so while I was home with him, I went online and I studied with many enlightened thought leaders. And I, th I think what I think is like God kept sending me healers. Like um, there was this guy, Darius Berezunda, and he has speakers on his, you know, um, I guess it's a podcast. I don't know what it is. But anyway, I would listen and then he would have healers and I would maybe buy their program and then I would do the work. And uh, then after a while, it wasn't as interesting to me. And so I needed another teacher and God would send me another one. Like the first one was um, Donna Eden. I did her work, bought her program, did her work. And then there was Rika Zimmerman and Norm Sheely. And I was just doing all, I bought their program and I did the work. And um so after, you know, so many years, I felt like I knew some stuff. I had done some healing and I had some stuff that I wanted to share. And that's why I wanted to write the book. And uh, so, but then there was me. Uh, I didn't want to, I, I didn't feel like an authority and I didn't, um, I didn't want to sound teachy. And so I remembered, I told people about all those things on the Camino and so um, I wrote my book about walking the Camino and telling people about those things. Whoa. So that was the wisdom that I got from <clears throat> when I was taking care of Ron and I was on, you know, the internet. Very, very good. So what were some of the wisdoms that you gained through working with these various teachers? One of the wisdoms was, uh, <clears throat> um, um, you um <laughs> well there's the ho'oponopono and do you know what that is remind me okay so it's a hawaiian healing technique for the family and right. it's really magical i think it's magical mystical maybe um but it will like we have binds with other people we're bound to them to kind of ruin each other's life or help each other out in our life <laughs> And people will push our buttons and it hurts us so much. But those people, they're, they're just doing what they're doing. They're not trying to hurt us. We have these buttons inside that we, cre you know, got created when we were children or something. And so when that button gets pushed, we hate that person. They hurt us so deeply. You know what I mean? Yep. So anyway, uh, so um, the... It's a, it's a healing technique. Like it starts out, I love you. And it's, I love God. God loves me. God loves the other person. The other person loves God. And if you can say it, you say, I love them. You can do this with them or you don't have to do it with them. It still works. Um, but anyway, so you, uh, I love you. I'm sorry. And it's not, I'm sorry I did anything, but it's, I'm sorry this situation exists. I have a situation with this person. And I'm sorry that it exists. And then it's, please forgive me. It's not forgive me because I did anything, but it's forgive me for what's going on in me that caused me to attract this. I have a brokenness in me 
that was reaching out and grabbed some really sad stuff. And I, you know, it landed <laughs> on my, on my button here, you know? So, um, thank, uh, and then thank you for showing me this so I could heal. Cause if I didn't feel this pain in my heart, I couldn't heal it. I couldn't, I wouldn't know it where it is. I, now that I know where it is, I can heal it. So thank yes. you for showing me this so I could heal. And then the big, I love you again. I love God. God loves me. God loves the other person. The other person loves God. And maybe by then you can say, I love them. Um, so I shared that with this guy uh, in um, at this monastery. I was staying at a monastery and they were serving the food and I bought the food. And so I was down in the cafeteria and this tray of food. And uh, I was trying to figure out where to sit. So I went and sat over by these people. And the guy was uh, from England. And he was with a lady from America. She was older than him. And anyway, they were they, they were walking together, I guess. They were sitting together. And um, so um, I asked him why he came on the Camino. And he said, oh, I'm in the military. I had an extra week. And I thought I'd spend it on the Camino. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And he, he said, well, why did you come? And I told him about my husband and how I had cared for him for, you know, eight years. He, I mean, he was sick for 18 years, but he um, he was totally disabled for eight years. Um, so, you know, I took care of my husband and he passed away. And, and that's why I came on the Camino. And he said, wow, you took care of him all those years. That is amazing. And I said, well, yeah, you know, when, when we got married, I was 20 years old. And I remember thinking, um, I, this is not going to be my life anymore. After tomorrow, this is going to be my life with Ron. This is not going to be my life anymore. And um, so um, I was just totally committed to our marriage and to Ron. How yes. long were you married overall? 48 years. He couldn't make it to 50. <laughs> oh, he died so at close. <laughs> so close. And then he was, uh, he was healthy for 30 years. And then the last 18 was a progressive decline. But uh, Absolutely. Yeah, really. It takes a long time, <laughs> to, you know. <laughs> But whatever, you know. Well, and, you know, I think that it's really good, the work that you did. Um, and, you know, with, with these these uh, leaders and these new thought leaders that you worked with, because mm -hmm. it really did change your perspective on everything, didn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I was really a sad person all my life. Um, and oh, I feel sorry. You're not sad. You don't. Roll, no, you I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm fixed. But I, you know, <laughs> I think <laughs> I got fixed. It took a while. Um, but anyway, I, um, you know, I had, I have sad thoughts sometimes. And I realize when I have sad thoughts, what I'm doing to myself, I didn't realize that before, you know, I, I would be sad and I would tell people my sad story and, now I realize when you do that, you make it more real than it is. Like, um, uh, yeah, we're namers. We're, as people, we are namers. And if we name our life a sad life, you know, we get to do that. And that's not really what 
maybe a lot of us want, but that's what we're doing when we say our tell our sad story over and over again. So now whenever I get a sad thought, when I bring my when I come to my senses, I'm like, oh geez, you know, and I offer it up to God. Um, you know, just because I don't want to keep it, I, you know. Well, and you know, what's interesting about that is one of the gifts that we have when we come here is the gift of free will. Mm-hmm. And it Absolutely. would be nice if we all believed that using that free will for good and to make ourselves be happier would be great. But there are people who use their free will to play the victim. No, I, you know what? I, I just, I just have to say that they just don't know. They don't know what they can have if they give it up. I, That's true. You know, um, I used to, you know, I, I belonged to this prayer group. And, you know, I was, I was just so full of my sad story. And because it was true. And this woman said to me, why don't you just make up a good story? And I said, <laughs> well, that wouldn't be true. Like I thought truth was important, you know, but actually what the truth, one of the other things I learned was what, what about the truth is that um, truth is fiction because truth is told by somebody. I mean, his reality, it's, we share about it. Like if you talk to my, I had a horrible childhood. My my brother did not, you know what I mean? Of course, my dad didn't molest him. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know, he he lived in the same house I did. It was a horrible place for me, and he 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 didn't feel that, you know. You know what I've learned in in my in my life and talking with a lot of people is that number one, my sister, my brother, and I lived in the same house. Yeah. We each had a completely different experience of what living in that house was Mm -hmm. Uh, because of who we were. She was the oldest. So she had to take care of the kids, me and my brother, my brother was the middle. And so he didn't feel appreciated and got into drugs. I was the kid, the star baseball player and football player and all that kind of stuff. And so our, my growing in growing up years, my perception of that house was completely different than my brother right. or my sisters and very similar to the experience that you had. Yeah. And I, I have my older brother had a really world. good experience. And then my two younger brothers, I think they were even more abused than I was, you know, and then my, yeah. So, <laughs> but we're all, I, I think as families go pretty much, we're all dysfunctional. Uh, yeah. We've all got, we've got all got our issues. And one of the things that we do in life um, and in an odd kind of way, it's a gift that your husband gave you when he was sick because it allowed you time to go on this spiritual journey, if yeah. you will, to yeah. learn these things because that then ultimately helped you live the life that you're leading now, which is really is a blessing. Thank you, God. Mm-hmm. You know, so congratulations. You you have done a lot. Um now tell me about the second trip. Then now that one you completed in a little less time. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get sick. I well, I didn't get as sick. <laughs> I did get <laughs> sick a couple of times. I mean, you know, I I read books. People get sick on the Camino. It just happens. 
And um, it was so funny. My, my doctor gave me these inhalers and he wanted me to take like five inhalers with him. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm not I'm hardly taking anything with me. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to take five inhalers with me. And so I just took um, one and it was such a blessing because uh, I took my inhaler to the pharmacy and they actually replaced it for me. Oh, cool. I know. So that was really great. I think they really take care of the pilgrims on the Camino. Well, it is a, they recognize, I mean, let's face it. There is uh, hotels along the way, a lot of them, because people need to stay. Right. So it's, but it is a, um, and, and it's one of the larger um, 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 tourist uh, attractions and, and stuff. And it, and it generates a lot of money for them. Um, so it makes sense for them to take care of you. And also they recognize that you're there for a specific reason. It may not be the same reasons all the time, but, but you're there because uh, you wanted to create something that was unique to you. Yeah. You know, I really got the sense that it was a blessing to help a pilgrim. Yeah. They, I believe yeah. they were blessed to help us. I, I think that's probably totally accurate. And I was uh, I was in Burgos and I was like looking around for a, a laundry, a place to do my clothes. And I was just walking up and down. I asked people, nobody knew. And these two women, they came up to me and they started speaking in Spanish. And I was just like, I thought they wanted me to help them. And I was like, I don't know, I don't know. And and so um uh one of them said what are you looking for like that? And I said, um, I said, um, oh, mi ropa, mi ropa, uh, something, <laughs> mi ropa. And, and they like looked at each other and said, ropa. And then um, the one woman was obviously her mother or something. And so the younger woman took me by the hand and took me over two streets and showed me where the laundromat was. And, uh, she left her mother standing there and uh, she went in and made sure it was open, you know, and um, that was amazing. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that, uh, by the way, did you know Spanish and is that the predominant language on the trail? Oh yeah. It's in Spain. Um, actually I live in San Diego right next to Tijuana, Mexico, you know, oh, okay. so you'd have some experience with Spanish. I, you know, I took uh, two years in high school and one year in college, but you wouldn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was I a mean, little while ago. When, when, when nobody spoke English, I could come up with something, you know, but if other people spoke English, I was so, my brain was so lazy. I didn't, you know, couldn't do it. <laughs> well, you know, they have these little translators now. Did you take yeah. a translator with you? Yeah, I did. Well, I had my iPhone, you know, so I, you know, it has uh, tra Google Translate or something on it. But yeah, so well, yeah. good. So if you were to, by the way, we're I, let me do this first. By the way, we're talking with Kathleen um, um, Donnelly. Uh, Donnelly. Now, is that your is that your maiden name? Yeah, Kathleen Donnelly. Kind of Irish, don't you think? Oh yeah, good Irish gal you are. <laughs> and, and I married uh, Ron Israel. And married Ron Israel. So mm -hmm. Kathleen Donnelly Israel, okay. and the name of the book is Wisdom on the Camino, um, a spiritual journey sharing forgiveness and possibilities 
to inspire the rest of your life. And uh, uh, go to, you can get it on Kindle, you can get it on paperback, uh, Amazon. They all have it. It was a award-winning book, and uh, you should be very proud of that, by the way. And uh, congratulations for that. And you've got a second book coming uh, yeah. based upon the second um, trip that you took. And uh, you know, Portuguese. Yes, indeed. Are you planning a third, or is it, have you? Are you done? Yeah, there's a trail along the northern coast of Spain, and I would like to do that probably when I'm 74. I'll have my 75th birthday on the Camino, I think. My goodness gracious! Do you, you feel is, is it because there's so many pilgrims there that it's safer to travel by yourself? I, I think so, but I do actually have four um, guardian angels that I know personally, so they uh, come with me, and I'm very happy about that. Oh, very yeah. good. Very good. Mm -hmm. Now, do, do you know their names? Yeah. Yeah. What uh, are they? <laughs> well, uh, let me tell you a little story. I um, My kids were in this group. It was called Soldiers of Mary, this lady in our neighborhood made up this group for the kids and had them come over, say a decade of the rosary. And then they would do a corporal work of mercy for somebody, make a card, take it to the um, uh, old folks home, <clears throat> stuff like that. But one time I was there just for crowd control. Right. And she was, uh, had a coloring paper about the guardian angel, you know, that picture with a guardian angel and some children walking over a bridge. It's yes. kind of a famous picture. So they were coloring that and I was coloring too, cause I'm an artist. Right. And so um, then she said, okay, so um, you can, you can meet your guardian angel. All you have to do is just sit there and think about your guardian angel. And then in your mind, just ask your guardian angel what their name is. So I thought, well, I do that, you know? So I just sat there and I asked my guardian angel what their name was and I got lunk. And I'm like, what, what kind of name is that, you know? And then I got this picture in my mind of this giant bouncer type angel, you know, sitting next to me on a bench with his arm around me. And I thought, well, maybe with my life, I do need a bouncer angel, you know? And so that was that year. And then the next year she did the same thing. And so I asked, okay, what's your name? And I got Mary Bell. And Mary Bell is this little flying around, happy, gregarious angel. And she's just very cute. And, you know, so I thought, well, that's balance between Lunk and Mary Bell. And then, um, so I, in the neighborhood that I live in, there's lots of canyons. And I love to walk in the evening, but I was just, uh, you know, you smell the skunks and I'm like, eh, I don't want to meet a skunk. Right. So I asked God to send me some angels to protect me while I walked. So I had this image of these two angels with their wings up over me while I'm walking. And uh, the one angel, um, she, her name is Aloysia. And I was just like, okay, the image I got was she was wearing these black and red robes. And I thought, well, that's kind of weird. And then I thought, well, San Diego State's colors are black and red. So, you know, she's probably the San Diego State angel here. 
And then the other angel was Pio Nomi. And she has, she was wearing this gossamer sage green with purple flowers robe on her. So, um, so yeah, I know them. I know what they look like. But, it, you know, it's all in my imagination. Well, I, I would, I kind of beg to differ because I mm -hmm. think it's, it's more than your imagination. Right. I anyway, I feel them and I, I appreciate them and I, I was not afraid to go by myself. Oh, uh, that's, that's, that's really cool. And, and I myself, I have what I call my spirit guides and, and also guardian angels oh. and, and that are bringing me to people like you. <laughs> you know, their names. Um, I know one. His name is Benjamin. Benjamin. Oh, that's nice. And he's kind of he kind of leads the entourage of because they're they're all they they've all taken on the uh, the challenge of helping me do this and ah. to do the the radio show well. And um, then my challenge back to them is I will have great interviews like we're having with Kathleen, but it's up to you to decide who hears it and when mm. and well, and they and they can they figure that out i don't have to so it makes well, it much easier for me that's great <laughs> yes indeed and i and i have a great time talking to people like you you're you are awesome um <laughs> and i really hope that that you do well on your next uh, the next book that you're working on and then the next adventure you're going to go on and that your health holds up until you're 105 and or 110. Or, <laughs> yeah, or if I stop eating that stuff that's making me, you know, inflamed and stuff, then I'll, I think I'll do better. <laughs> well, we all got the food today is not what it once was, I'm afraid. Yeah, we got to go find the good stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I got to, I got to close the podcast, but. First of all, I want to thank you very much for being here. Is there thank anything you. that you would like to add to the podcast um, or the, to the show? Um, I'll give you a moment to talk to the audience and give them your thoughts on anything you'd like them to know. Well, I want to talk about worrying. Uh, worrying is what it is, is making up a bad story and then believing in it because it's not true when we're worried about something, maybe we've had like an experience and then we're kind of intent on noticing the bad things that could happen like they did the last time. But the thing is, there's endless possibilities of what could happen. So when we're worried about something or worried for someone, we're actually kind of cursing them and calling on bad juju onto them. And so, um, Worrying is like a waste of time and uh, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And what it does is it puts out negative energy mm -hmm. that it can actually be counterproductive. So about yeah. worrying about something, bless it and let it go. And, yeah. and understand that, that what is going to happen will happen and good things will generally happen. Another a really good prayer to say is, dear God, please make everything turn out okay. And then you just let God make everything turn out okay. Yes. And, and, that, and that works as well. Even if, according to our understanding, 
what the outcome is we would perceive as being negative or bad. We don't know because we don't get an opportunity to see the entire picture. Right. So we don't see it. Um, so we just, that's, you've hit upon my favorite word, which mm -hmm. is we just have to trust. Yeah. And really being Good Friday right now, um, a lot of times we're living Christ's passion in our life, in our sadness and the things that go wrong. And then we just have to wait for the resurrection and then we will just be happy again. So it's always, always good to have faith in the resurrection. Indeed, that's true. I want you to have a wonderful uh, Easter weekend. Yeah, you too. <laughs> and to, and you to enjoy yourself. And thank you again for being here, by the way. Um, I haven't mentioned your website yet because I don't have it pulled up. Um, yeah, it's wisdomonthecamino.com. Oh, that was easy. <laughs> yeah, was, and uh, yeah, and if you go there, I have a page with all my podcasts so you can listen to them. And then, uh, and then uh, there's a place where you can push the button and you can go to Amazon and buy my book. And I just want to tell everybody that there's a gift in my book. And the gift is you can uh, see the pictures while you're reading the book. And so you just go to the page right before the table of contents and it says, read this first. And you got a double opt in. I'm sorry, but anyway, that's the way the world is. And then you can um, get the password and see the pictures while you're reading the book. Kathleen, I want to thank you again for being here. You are, you, you're my hero today. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. You're great, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. And I, I hope, again, you have a great uh, holiday weekend, a great Easter weekend, and and uh, finish your book and, and just continue doing what you're doing. Um, you're doing awesomely. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, very good. And if you wait right there, I'll be right back. Hey, thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of PositiveTalkRadio.net. Please visit our website, oddly named PositiveTalkRadio.net, for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember... Be kind to one another because each other's all we got.